And in order to keep our broadcasting license, we devote Sunday night dead time to public service shows of limited appeal. Because you know what? I went in to get my spleen removed, and now I have a vagina. <laughs> this is Talk and Audio. <laughs> Off we go, episode 1057 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. My name's Matt, his name is Rob. We are in our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Hey, what are you saying today, hey. man? Hey, 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 I, hey. I don't hear anything. Hey. All right. How about now, you needy prick? There yeah, you go. There you go. Got to okay. crank the knob. Yeah, yeah, it's good to go. What are you saying today, man? I'm saying... That's confusing, man. I'm thrown off now with this whole... This whole deal. It's, it's good, Matt. It's good. What's what's got you down, man? Nah, listen, uh, doesn't matter. Yeah, okay, moving along. All right, Heisman to that. All right. Listen, we were just uh, as we were coming in. You got your little, I don't know, whatever it is. Is that your recents that we were shuffling out there in the in the green room? Nah, just some whatever. Had it on shuffle. That's all. So was that is that the actual was that the Kate Bush version of running up that hill? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, anyways. What you're referring to. <laughs> okay, well, the song was actually when we both sort of uh, finished the... the Sometimes pre- when the playlist finishes, it just runs off and starts shuffling through stuff. Maybe you'll like, maybe you won't, so... Yeah, well, uh, I find that happens a lot. That's, yeah. life, that's life in general. <laughs> right. <laughs> you like some of this, you don't like some of that. That's true, man. Okay, no, it, it was actually absolutely Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. I just wasn't sure if it was the actual, the original. It sort or of a sounded cover or not. Yeah, I, a little altered, okay. and so... Couldn't tell you. Might have been a remix. Might have been a, a cover. You Couldn't weren't. Tell. Were you a Stranger Things guy? No, not at all. Oh, okay, so I thought maybe like everybody else, you'd picked it up there, and no. and I thought, man, she's making fat, fat stacks off off of the play that she's got off Netflix. Man, forty years later, like that was a sort of a top ten tune in the early eighties. Yeah, and here it is on Matt's playlist. So I just. Uh, yeah. I, was I don't waiting. know what to tell you. <laughs> no, n- nothing. You don't even know it, right? No, I, don't. I don't know what you At the moment, think. I don't know what we're what talking about. What are you talking about? about? I don't know that song at all. Yeah. So anyways. Uh, we're on social media at Talk and Audio. Give us a follow there. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are, make sure you're following along. Uh, man, we're going to run it down here in a second. We got some great guests coming up. But first, we got beers. And uh, Rob is pouring the beers. Rob has once again supplied the beers. We like when that happens. Uh, what do we got today, ma'am? Well, you know what the problem is? All right. I'm sure you're going to tell me. So, <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. Um, yeah. Since I'm going with this clamuary. Hmm. Clamu. It's clammy. Uh, yeah. This is, I don't like this. We went with moist last time. Yeah. And you didn't like that. Damp January. Yeah, dampuary. Yeah. Uh, but I've decided to go right through to St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Only I just watched you pour a beer. Yeah, no, with, 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 with only beers on show days. Okay, all and right. Sunday pods, Yeah, pints. Okay. But I'm still getting the the deliveries, the, the once a month, the small batch. Sure. And I always separate out, these would be interesting for the show. Mm-hmm. These are generic as hell and are suitable to give to guests that I right. don't enjoy their company. Exactly. Um, But when you don't drink in the week- they pile up on you, man. They pile up. And so I, in order to make room in the fridge, I'm like, okay. I'll I, give this shit to Matt. No, no. They're, they're <laughs> beers. They're beers that I would that I would like to have. And there'd be, you know, 
interesting to sort of shoot the breeze on. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's actually thinning out the herd at home is what I'm doing here as, as I, cause I, I not only do I still get the small batch, Christmas is always a very yeah. heavy beer gift. What do for I get? Sure. What do I get for Rob? Yeah. Beer. I think beer. he's going to like the beer. He gonna loves him the a beer. beer. Yeah. So anyways, so today we're dipping into a bit of that. This is called chocolate caramel cupcake stout. Hello. From sawdust at a Gravenhurst. Okay. So I thought, you know what? Stout mm-hmm. and sweet. Mm-hmm. That's Matt. That's Matt. Nothing describes Matt better <laughs> than stout. That's yeah, sweet. well, caramel brings a little salty and that can be Matt also. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I don't shy away from that. Yeah. So yeah, this comes in at 5.9 and I poured it initially and I am, man, I'm, I'm impressed with the head. So, and, and really, I want you to know. I'm Matt, impressed with the head. Crack. I, yeah. I hold you in such high later. esteem. Yeah. <laughs> Dismissive. Yes. Yeah. Of course. I'm sure you of do. course you do. <laughs> uh, I'm bringing the beers up from the basement yesterday to put them in the fridge so I wouldn't forget them. And I had two in the, in the pouch of the hoodie I was, I was wearing and two in, in the pockets of the shorts I was wearing. Okay. I don't know what happened. Right. I'm, I'm twisting and shouting. <laughs> one, uh, of the, one of the Lunging. Beers, one of the, yeah. Lunging <laughs> in your pants. Yeah. Um, you wish. Yeah. No, it's, I'd need three belts for that. <laughs> Oh, I thought lunging into my pants maybe meant something different. (laughs) Clearly, clearly we're both going in different directions. Um, and one of them fell out of the, out of the hoodie pouch. So I have that one. I took it. Okay. So just so you know. No way you kept those straight and which one was which. Yeah, no, there's actually a little dent in the the upper part of the can. So I'm like, uh, when I handed it over to you, I'm like, all right, well. See, I was lectured over this once and I hadn't given it any thought. And this is years Mm. ago. And if you recall- Used to really enjoy. I'm going to shut everybody down before they uh, they make their inevitable fat jokes. I enjoyed the large legged jeans, not just the oversized because you're a big fat piece of shit jeans. <laughs> you recall, <laughs> I enjoyed a very very baggy jean, right, which came with with large pockets. Yeah. So I can remember a one family event at the old cottage. There's like. I don't know, 22 people having beers around the dining room table, and I was going for around. Hey, Matt, can you, hey, me too. Yeah, if you're growing. Yeah, hey. Okay. So I get down there. I got no bag. I got no cooler. Start loading them up into pockets <laughs> and back pockets and hoodie pockets and come up with like 12 beers. Nobody wants the ass beer. Whatever you've got back there, you keep for yourself. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I will. I'm pretty comfortable with this. I'll keep them all then. Yeah. Those fuck. six nestled in between the cheeks, Matt. You can... <laughs> yeah. You know what? If you don't want the back pocket beer, that's uh, that's totally up to you. Yeah. Guys. You know what? Screw you. I was trying to do a nice thing for ah, y'all, Matt. You know what? Road to hell, baby. See, here we just saw it: stout, sweet, and salty, all in one little story. Exactly. <laughs> so, what do you think? I am intrigued by this. The first pull is uh, uh, the you sort of get that inhale. It's uh, it's definitely caramel. Yeah. I certainly get that, and then I I take a sip, and it's not that sweet. No. It's closer to salty. Right. I, I kind of, I kind of like it. And at 5.9, it's, it's almost like, uh, so I've, I've taken a pull. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you get a bit of the cupcake in the back. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it's intriguing. Muffin top. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. 
It's true, man. Hey, 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 yeah. So to me, uh, five point nine. You probably don't, you know. So there'll be no light beers here today, Matt. No, I took in a bit of your uh, you and Hoff. Yeah, got a couple of guys drinking light beers. Did I? No, I know he did. He went with the needle. I went with the needle light last week. Yeah, you did not as my second beer when you were in here last. You had something else that just I've, doesn't fit uh, into my story. The, uh, yeah, the Hayes Mama, I believe. Hayes I, Mama, I, that's it. Like, I thought you were going down a Bahama Mama story there when you were talking about your family. Everybody but me, man. Well, it's not true, uh, but not me. It doesn't really make the story one. as good if you... No, I know. Okay. Many, uh, many Robinsons in Nassau last week, and I was not one of them, so... Okay, well, we're better for it. Uh, true, man. You are. You're all lucky I'm here, yeah. is, uh, is the root of that story. Look, you are away the next two Sundays. We will be robless. It's true. You better will. for that? I don't know. <laughs> you will all be better for that. <laughs> so that is the uh, the 29th and the 5th. So let me sing out here. We got some we got some guests coming both. To oh, re- I thought you were going to sing out to say anybody interested. Yeah. Anybody who's Hello, interested. Hello, we are taking <laughs> our first live call-in show. Uh, no. Uh, this, let me start right up front here. This Tuesday, Andrew Stoughton's back on the podcast. We'll be talking a little bit of Blue Jays. That'll nice. drop for you on Tuesday morning. Uh, you know, some of the things that the Blue Jays have done throughout this off season. Uh, they also just released some more details just last week on the renovations to the Rogers center, what that's going to look like. Uh, they're bringing in some of the fences. Maybe the place is going to be a, even a little bit more, uh, hitter friendly. Uh, so Stoughton will be back to do that on, uh, on Tuesday morning. On Thursday morning, Vanessa Sanchez is here again, uh, for the first time in 2023, uh, she was hoping to get in a little earlier in the year, but, uh, got hit right over Christmas with that, uh, that whole COVID thing. What? Nice time to have to do that. Is that still that. going on? Apparently it's still a thing, man. <laughs> Had no idea. So she is, uh, rested, recovered and ready to, uh, to come in to, uh, to TCA. Also this week, I should mention it's not set in stone. I'm not positive this is going to happen, but I want to shout the guy out anyway, because he's a good dude. Dave from Sends Chirp. Hopefully in here on Tuesday evening for a Wednesday morning drop. And the reason for that, I want to shout out his event anyway. The f- the official Sends Chirp beer drops on Friday night over at Beyond the Pale. Uh, Leafs are playing the Sends on s- Friday night for some reason. It's, it's a little odd, uh, the timing. But they've chosen that night to have a little event over at Beyond the Pale. They're inviting people in to come watch the game, try the Sends Chirp beer. Uh, Dave is going to try and get in here on Tuesday evening. And, uh, if we're able to make that happen, that will drop for you on Wednesday. If we're not, that will come in the following weeks. He'll be able to bring the beer at that point, but uh, I wanted to get it out there now in case you want to attend the event on Friday night, like I said, at beyond the pale, uh, and you can check out more info on that by just hitting up his Twitter account at sends chirp. Uh, then comes next Sunday when we will be, we'll be missing Rob. He, he's a little busy going to be out of town, but, uh, making his in-studio debut will be Graham Nichols. The sixth sends. Nice. We'll, uh, we'll sit in here for the, uh, the flagship, right? The, uh, the, the Monday, Monday morning, morning show. show. Yeah. And, uh, we'll ask him about whatever's topical that day. And of course, I'm sure we'll have to talk a little bit about the Leafs and sends after that Friday night encounter. Debacle. I can tell you right now. Rob will be in here instead of for the Monday morning show. He'll be in here for the Wednesday morning show. Gonna make a little time during his week. I guess you're 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 back in between your two weekends away. Yep, it's true. So uh so you'll come in on Tuesday, we'll get that ready for you is on Wednesday morning. 
And uh, that Thursday, so we are up to now, what, the, the 2nd of February this would be. Yeah. Uh, Josh O'Connor, the guy responsible for Behind the R with the Ottawa Red Blacks. He's actually responsible for an awful lot of the multimedia things that the Red Blacks do. Um, man, the, I don't know if you've had a chance yet to catch episode one of season two. Parts of it. It's terrific. He's done an awesome job again. We've wanted to have him in for a while and, uh, between all the work he's doing there for, for Oseg and, uh, as Hoff described it, his busload of kids, uh, <laughs> it's been hard to get him in here, but we think we got him locked in for uh, Thursday morning, February 2nd. J- Josh and Kate plus eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much it, man. Uh, that following Sunday, February 5th, when uh, Rob will be missing his his second week second there. Second week in a row. Yeah. What a slack ass, right? It's uh, But we will uh, we'll bring in Graham Creech and Steve Bunda together uh, for the first time since nice. last April or May. Uh, they were in here last spring. So uh, we're going to do that, and that will drop for you, of course, on the, uh, the usual Monday morning schedule. Again, we'll talk whatever's topical at that point, the same way we do every Monday. Rob, again on Thursday morning of that week. So look, you don't have to keep all those straight, but just wanted to get it out there for you. Everything that's coming up, it looks like a good couple weeks around here, man. Man, I, I, I've actually, there was something I wanted to say about four, four guests ago, four guests ago, and it's just now escaped me because <laughs> there's so much shit happening We're booked here. up, ma'am. We are, uh, that is a running week. strong. You know what I'm saying though, is that that sends chirp beer. Mm-hmm. I do love beyond the pale. Like to me, they do great stuff. Yeah. The beer better not be light. And it better not be a saison. It better have some bite because to me, bring it, man. The sense bite. Sense blow. (laughs) So I'm looking for something that's going to set a new tone. Right. Something that's going to make me forget what's happened. Yeah. Uh, Or match my mood. There you go. I like that. Eight, nine (laughs) percent. Yeah. Imperial. It better be imperial. Uh, So like I said, give him a follow at sense chirp. Uh, whether you're a Leaf or a Sens fan, that'll be fun over Beyond the Pale this coming Friday night, the 27th, uh, to support him and uh, and that new beer. So hopefully he'll be in this week. Like I said, stick around uh, or stay tuned to our social media feeds, to his social media feeds for that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Leafs and the Sens in a bit, individually. But, but first we would like to talk about, just hold on a second. Okay. I'm just going to segue right off your beer. Uh-huh. So we're drinking a, <laughs> how do you feel about that? You've had a couple of pulls on it now. What do you, what do you, what do you I thinking? haven't, I've been talking for six minutes. Yeah. Well, and, and I can, all, and, and I can always tell by, by how far into my beer I am, by how much you've been talking. Right. So it's one so of those Rob's things. Rob's is gone. <laughs> it Rob's down a half a pint for sure. Um, there seems to be this sort of uh, the Sens Trip beer, the beer we're drinking. So this is a chocolate caramel cupcake stout. Mm-hmm. Couple guys on the radio last week. Talking about, I like my beer to taste like beer. Just like that. Okay. Uh, somebody else at work saying, you know, beer, I like a good Labatt 50 or Labatt Blue. Sorry. They were talking about blue. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't be mocking the 50. I don't I think. love the 50. <laughs> yeah. Champagne of ales, baby. <laughs> so there seems to be this sort of, I don't know. It's like this grassroots, if I want juice in my beer. Yeah. I'll bring juice. You know what I mean? It seems to be this. If you do anything, there's always a backlash that wants to go the other way, right? No matter what you're talking about in life. Give me some of that, you know, OV. Where's that at? (laughs) Right? But there just seems to be this sort of, I'm a a real man. I need to have my beer like, taste like beer, right? It just, it, it, uh, it seems to be this subtle sort of beginnings of 
take me back to, well, I think at the beginning of this craft beer wave, there was very much this sentiment that it was this hipster, you know, young college guy kind of thing that was out trying just IPA everything. Skinny jeans and a gingham yep. shirt. Yep. And uh, that won't fly here. <laughs> Uh, I don't think for either one of us. Well, the, the tight gingham shirt may be tight for a variety of reasons. <laughs> That's right. And tighter in some areas than yes. others. Right across the arms. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there there seems to be that pushback to it that maybe I'm not one of those guys, right? I'm a man's man who only drinks, yeah, my, my Budweiser or... Budweiser. Good one, Matt. Yeah. So I don't know. I I don't really have a lot of time for it. Like, I think everybody probably still has their couple of favorites. And if that's one of the macros, then, then power to you. Right. Yep. But that if you want to sit down and try something different week to week or every now and then, and yeah, it's a, a sour or, you know, a little something crazy on an IPA, whatever it might be, then have at it. I clearly neither one of us sitting here have that sort of objection to. Yeah. A couple of. see what's out there. A couple of may, may or may not be friends of the show. That's why I'm okay. really just sort of. Yeah. Well. You, you know who you are. Okay. Anyways. Fair enough. Uh, Why don't we start, though, with the most recent news? This will catch you by surprise, man. You will be shocked to hear the Vancouver Canucks have fired Bruce Boudreaux. What? (laughs) Nobody saw this coming. Uh, Everybody saw this coming. Everybody has known for weeks that he was going to be fired. Everyone has known for at least a week and really more than that, that who his replacement was going to be. Uh, most of the reporters and insiders seemed to know when it was going to happen. That being that he would coach his final game, uh, this past Saturday and he was called into a meeting at nine 30 Sunday morning. I'd have been, fuck you. Are you just firing me? Then just call me. I'm not coming in. We're not having a meeting after everything you've, you've put me through here. Over Is the there going to be constructive year. criticism? Right. As I go exactly. Out the door? So, uh, yeah, uh, it's official now. He has been replaced by Rick Tockett. Uh, there's been some rumblings. I didn't have a chance. That shocked look. Yeah. Uh, there are some shocked looks as you slap your cheeks. It's uh, (laughs) (laughs) whatever. Look, it, it's, there's been some rumblings for a while. I haven't had a chance to peruse the entire press release, but that Sergey Gonchar would be involved as, you know, if not a full-time assistant coach, at least a consultant, Adam Foote rumored to maybe be involved. Uh, but Rick Tockett is the new head coach of the Vancouver Canucks and uh, Bruce Boudreaux's out. You know, you know that you fucked things up really bad when the Canuck fan base actually looks the best in all this. Yeah. You know that you've done things horribly wrong when you go, look at those Canucks fans picking up the little guy, supporting him with the, with their Bruce, there it is spontaneously breaking out during games. Saturday night, openly chanting, let's go Oilers. Yeah. 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 Uncomfortable. I, well, and, and the thing is, if if the main reason, you started to hear more and more that the Aquilinis didn't want to pay three coaches till at least halfway through the season till that became <laughs> somewhat palatable. Yep. And you're like, God, man, you guys suck. But like, let Bruce go. Yeah. And bring Mike Yo up. He's, right. he's you got a former NHL head coach. One of your assistants could do it. Your AHL guy could do it. Stop pushing this guy out in front of 20,000 people every night and on te- on television and just let the fucking guy go. This was 
This was rough, man. Is this about money? Do you think they wanted to make him quit? I hope, like, that'd be horribly naive. He's not going to quit. He's, no, but, <laughs> like, why else are you doing this? I think you had it there a second ago, that he is just in the Aquilini Empire, employee number 4376, and when we hit a certain point in the calendar, his contract will have gotten to a point Cash where Cashier that mofo. We are prepared to eat that, because at this point, they're not paying three head coaches. Rick Tockett will take over. Bruce Boudreaux is signed through the end of the year. And Travis Green is still on the books from yeah. from when they fired him last season. So I'm sure that was part of it, that it, you're just waiting for the calendar to hit. Not super different from player contracts coming up to the NHL trade debt. We're not able to make this trade until we get to day whatever when there's this many dollars left on the contract under the cap and we flip it to here. He's just a number on a spreadsheet. Only, unlike most employees, he has to go out, like I said, on television every night on in front of 20,000 people on game nights and answer questions on behalf of your organization. Like if he's not the guy he is, he could easily have been an asshole for the last, what, month? Yeah. Answering uh, reporter questions. Almost his training camp. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, and we, we should tee that up for everybody in case you don't recall. Last summer, he had an option on his contract to come back and the Canucks were like, eh, if you want to go look around, see if anybody else wants to hire you, we're okay with that. And like, it, it was a very lukewarm, he was just like, no, I'll just come back. And they're like, okay. And then at the end of training camp, we're like, we don't like the structure of the team. Yeah, Jim we Rutherford. We don't like the way training camp is gone. Team president out there just going, yeah, we weren't happy with that training camp. And they've done nothing but bust on him ever since. Like, let him take all the punches. And I think the worst one came Friday night. By that point, everybody basically knows he's going to coach on Friday night, he's going to coach on Saturday night, and he's going to be shit-canned on Sunday. He has to come out for his press conference on Friday in front of a banner that says Canucks Hockey Talks. It's their mental health awareness (laughs) night. (laughs) I didn't see that. He is standing there in front of that backdrop, clearly breaking down, (laughs) clearly uncomfortable, answering questions on behalf of an organization that has already hired his replacement. Like I said, this guy should have just said, I don't know, just ask my fucking bosses, okay? Like, I'm not answering anything for these guys anymore. Check I'm done. on the TS on the on the on the TNT you know panel, uh, panel. or whatever he's doing. Yeah. It's ah uh, like I'm listening to the Senators pregame show last Friday, and so Darren Dreger's always on first. And yeah. he on Friday afternoon, our time, is saying yeah, I, I fully expect there'll be a new coach come come Monday. Yeah. You're like, well, why are you trotting that guy out for the next two games? Apparently, you, at least on Saturday, Rick Tockett was already in Vancouver. Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. Making Bruce Boudreaux coach this game. Well, and after Friday night, when they get when they get canned by the Avs, I believe, yeah. they're like, Tyler Myers is like, yeah, it sucks in here. Like <laughs> It's, it's just like, and I picture, I picture the scene from Nemo where they're all trying to get out of the aquarium in the dentist's office, right? <laughs> like nobody's happy here, shark bait. Like yeah. it's, it's Boudreaux. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know what's happening. And, and you're losing games because you know when you are shit talking your, your coach, that the players in the room are like, yeah, when's that going to end? When's this going to end? Like, it's it's toxic from the top down. Like, all the way, man. This was a Patrick Alvin, Jim Rutherford, Francesco Aquilini. 
They look terrible. Everyone and the Canucks logo like bad is people. dinged up, right? Like it's they've taken a beating on this. And you're right, like the the fans who are known as some of the most <laughs> vile fans in the yeah. league, they're out there doing their Bruce There It Is chant for him at home, which last year he said, I don't know, I, I don't really like it, right? Like yeah. it does have a certain connotation to it. Yeah. But this time they're clearly doing it in support of him. Yeah. And so on the Friday night when he hears it, he's always kind of said, or he did say on Friday night, I don't like historically to acknowledge it because it should be about, I got to be focused on other things. It should be about the players. It should be about the game. But he goes, I know why they're doing it tonight. And he just kind of gives a quick tap on the heart with his fist. Like, I hear you. Thank you. Yeah. But this sucks, right? Like, this <laughs> it sucks, sucks so bad. <laughs> and And you're a guy who's out there. Like you're 68 years old, you have like a a 600 winning percentage as a head coach in the league. You've done your bit, and you're being treated like trash. Yeah, and like, I think it's important to to say, I don't think it's unreasonable that the Canucks might want to fire their coach. Of course, this has gone terribly this year, but to do it this way, where they have publicly blamed him and thrown him under the bus all year long. Like I said, the last couple of weeks have been the worst, knowing he's going to be replaced. We've never seen this before. We've seen coaching situations end in bad places, right? Toxically, whatever might be within between the coach and management or between the coach and the locker room. We've seen bad situations. We've never seen it dragged out for weeks and keep pushing that guy out there. Keep pushing that guy out there. They easily, as you mentioned a few minutes ago, could have said to him whenever, a week, two weeks ago, a month ago, look, you're fucking fired. And... Let their AHL guy do it. Let one of the assistants do it for yeah. a month. Uh, just call him the interim guy. You can be the horror check here. And then we will bring in someone else when we are ready to do so. And one of the things that got talked about quite a bit a few weeks ago was Rick Tockett, who was serving as a panelist on TNT. One of the local Vancouver's reported that he had a clause in his contract, possibly that said he had to give TNT four weeks notice. And I just, maybe, but I can't imagine an NHL coach, like these guys do panels and then disappear to go coach again all the time. Right. I can't imagine one who didn't have it in his contract that said, if a job opens up, I'm gone. And I don't really want to hire a coach who didn't think to put that in his contract. If you, I don't know if that was it, but I shook my head at that hard going this that can't be what this is, waiting for his TV, you know, notice to expire. Well, and he's a guy, he was rumored with Seattle, right? That, like there was a bunch of, he's I don't really a guy. get gu- why. Yeah. Well. The stats, like he's. Yeah. Uh, not, well, he's a Rutherford guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you start to look at Gonchar, and I'm surprised Jacques Martin isn't on that list too of mm-hmm. guys who are going to go out there as an assistant. And he may be, like I said. I, yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things where you go, you're going to get the band together, right, from bring in a bunch of those Panthers guys when Rutherford was, uh, Panthers, Penguins guys when, yeah. when Rutherford was there. So. Well, and then he was out in Arizona. Yep. Yep. But I'm just saying. didn't go that well. He is a guy. Well. It felt like they hired him just to talk to Phil. Like, yeah. Was that the whole yeah. thing? Yeah. The, the, the castle whisper. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, but it, it does come we down to. dogs. Yeah. <laughs> no onions. That filthy. Yes. Fucking Phil Castle. Yeah. Look at that guy. Yeah. Nice. I don't know how long we've been waiting, man. Seven, eight years for you to <laughs> for you to whisper that in the mic. Um, I don't want to step on your toes, man. That's a crowd pleaser, and it's yours. I, yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna cover it. But you just did. Yeah. Well. 
Uh, I well, was whispering. Yeah, and different. we'll see what happens when it comes through in post-production here. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, to me, there's people who have mismanaged their team. <coughs> Ottawa. And then there are, you know, what's happened here. You've shown yourself not just to be incompetent, but not in lockstep with how humans treat other humans. Right. Right. And just in terms of, you've shown yourself to be not good people, not just not good hockey people. Yeah. Not good people that you would do this. Jim Rutherford came into this situation with a fairly sterling reputation. It's pretty nicked up right now. Like this was a bullshit way to to handle this. It's like he doesn't care. Well, he doesn't, clearly. I'm going to wipe my ass on the, on the curtains because I don't care what happens here. It's right, like this I'm, is probably his last game. Right, too, and so. he's like, whatever, I don't care. And you're like, yeah, really? When he's out there last week having a press conference, like, I came in thinking this team needed minor surgery. It clearly needs major surgery. Hey, then maybe stop ripping your coach. Like, if you acknowledge this team stinks... Maybe it's not entirely Boudreaux's fault. Maybe take a look at that JT Miller contract <laughs> that you wish you could walk back right now, yeah. and you're going to have to trade. Started yet? <laughs> you're going to trade your captain. Yep. So that major surgery. Are you the guy doing it? Because you know what? I went in to get my spleen removed, and now I have a vagina. <laughs> Wasn't what you were looking for. <laughs> That's major surgery, all That's right. That's major surgery. And I for may have sure. entered the wrong operating room. So did I? Where was the X put on my body when I was under? I want to see that. I love that. That's how we interpret major surgeries. Some doctor just comes in, draws an X on a part of you. <laughs> operate here. Hey, man, I had operation as a kid, right? Yeah. You play that game. Oh, there's a bone there. Uh, yeah, it's gross, man. So uh, I don't know. What happens next for Boudreaux? As you said, he's 68 years old. Uh, I have a feeling his reputation comes out of this better than it was going in. There'll be a lot of, yeah, sorry, man, right? Like that you went through that, but does he get another head coaching gig? You know, would he accept an assistant coach? Like he, one of the things that kind of got him emotional in one of those final press conferences, someone said to him like, what does it mean as you're, you know, clearly winding down this chapter <laughs> to be a coach, a head coach in the NHL? And he kind of said, it's overwhelming. And then he kind of got a little clam. I'll talk to you later. And said, I I'll, I got to go. I'll talk to you later. Right? Like he was getting a little, a little emotional. So um, I don't know what happens for him next, but if this is it, that's a shit way to go out for one of the most likable yeah. coaches in the league. I, I don't, I don't know what the future holds for him. He's not coming back as an assistant to anybody. Probably not. Right. Now we I, did hear a year or two ago some rumblings that he would he would agree to be an assistant in Toronto. He's never been shy about I'm a Leaf fan. He's said that on national television multiple times. The problem there was what are the optics as the Leafs continue to not succeed in the playoffs, which actually isn't really a Boudreaux strong suit yeah. either. But that you plant this very prominent, very well-known and very popular head coach right beside Sheldon Keefe as he continues to not get out of the first round. Like the optics there are pretty rough, so I can't see it. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, and if if there's ever a guy who seems totally suited to the assistant's role, right? The guy who has the good rapport. Yeah. The guy who is relatable to to the players. You know, maybe you leave the hard ass to somebody else. Yeah. Maybe. I, 
I, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk me or you into it. I'm just saying, as a guy who spends 30 years as a head coach in the, yeah, be hard to, to go it, back. it'd be really hard to, it, it, you know, and, and unless it's a co-coach, right? You see that sort of associate, associate coach. coach. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, you know, but that's usually like Mark Crawford was an associate coach to Guy Boucher here, right? right. So you have to to sort of a lesser experienced coach, and we've raided the Swiss league and. Brought in there too fast. Yeah, yeah. And so to me, Sheldon Keefe is not that guy now, right? Like he's got- I don't think he could do it. Right. And that's not the situation where, you know, it's not like Keefe with his, what, four years now of NHL head coaching is is loaded down as a guy, but he's had way more than enough success to stand on his own as as an NHL coach. I just think as soon as you drop Boudreaux beside him, the questions immediately turn to- Okay, there's the replacement, right? They're they're getting ready to do this, and I just think I don't feel the same way. If if you were to say we're bringing in Barry Trotz as an associate coach to Sheldon Keefe, I would feel, Oof. yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> That's a week away, the replacement. <laughs> yeah, like it's imminent, right? Whereas I, I don't, I wouldn't feel the same with with Boudreau. With Boudreau, huh. I I, yeah. I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling, right? That that he's a guy at almost seventy. Sure. With with not a great postseason track record, I, yeah. I don't know if I would feel the same pressure that you do with Trots and both guys in what I would have to suggest top ten and in all time wins probably yeah sort of in that range. But yeah, the Trots would feel way different than the Boucher, sure. in my opinion. A guy who you know still has ambition to do <laughs> this is still highly sought after. The Leafs kind of got him under contract, and it clearly we all know why. Right. I, yeah. So, uh, why don't we talk a little about the Leafs? Believe it or not, it's it's been a while since we we have we haven't really touched a whole lot on the Leafs or Sens here in the new year. And honestly, it's because to me, nothing's really changed. The Leafs have kind of been doing what they've been doing, mostly clicking along at a regular season pace that we're kind of used to out of this group. And the Sens were much the same, clicking along at a pace we're used to out of this group. We'll kind of get to them in a minute, but the Leafs. Uh, coming off a a Saturday night overtime loss in Montreal, oh, Christ. Um, kind of a shitty effort there. They they came out in the first period looking like what they should look like against that Montreal team, uh, and then pissed it away by being horribly outplayed in the second period, and then it's never really got it back on track. But as we sit here and yes, sorry, I was when we flipped over like so. The national broadcast, I was watching the Ottawa-Winnipeg game. Yeah. Debacle. Yeah. Uh, they flipped over to, to for the OT. Right. Of Toronto-Montreal. And so I'm watching the game and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? They got Rem Pitlick and David Savard out there in the overtime. You have no chance. Oh. Oh, there it is. So. There yeah, it is. It's one of those things Rob does. What are you doing? Oh, look at that. Hey, it worked. Um, yeah. Well, as, uh, you know how I feel about the three-on-threes. Total fucking coin flip, but you'd like to think you can beat Rem Pitlick and, and David Savard with your uh, your high end leaf talent. I, I, I do think that. <laughs> so, look, uh, they sit here right now. We sort of touched on this last week when talking about the playoff format. They are five points ahead of Tampa Bay right now, uh, and it's all but locked in. Like the Bruins would have to go off a complete cliff and go like what five and. 30 the rest of the way or whatever it would be. The Leafs aren't catching Boston. Tampa could catch Toronto. Yep. That's not out of the question. 
but there's nobody behind Tampa currently that's scaring anybody either, right? So it's going to be Toronto-Tampa again. We'll see what home ice is going to look like. But I think it makes these next couple of months really interesting. Do you start trying different things? Are you just start, like this keeps happening in this format? And I, I get I'm, you know, focused extra on Toronto, ultra focused on Toronto, whatever. But it feels like for the last however many years they've been locked in by the end of January. They know they're playing Boston. They know they're playing Tampa. They know what it's going to be. And they sort of start to fall off a little, right? And lose focus. And, Uninterested. Yeah. And it would it would be hard not to be, but they have to find a way to get by that. Um, I think they're still a top four team in the league at this point. The top five teams in the East are ahead of anybody in the West. Man, I, I'm just, I'm having a hard time still picking out what this Leaf team is. They are obviously a very good team with a ton of talent. Beyond that, I have no idea. And I, it's such a cop-out to say we won't know anything until April, but we but won't know anything yeah. until April. Well, and it's it's funny because watching the Hockey Day in Canada mm-hmm. broadcast. Are you it, over that? I'm over that. Uh, and I think I'm more over it now that it's on Sportsnet than I was when it was on CBC. Like I kind of get CBC's cultural focus on things and yeah uh, i don't mind it all right i, I really don't i was I w- it was odd to see ottawa in the seven o'clock that slot. was weird yeah where's our two o'clock slot yeah. like what is happening here i, I don't know <laughs> quarter to 12 yeah exactly the brunch game. we're actually on friday <laughs> it was calgary who had the early game which was really yeah. weird um it, it really it's, it's it's not bad it's not bad the idea that all night long on the winnipeg ottawa they're like oh, winnipeg Canada's top team. Like, I, I keep mm-hmm. hearing about this and you go, doesn't Toronto have a better I guess record? We all just assume Toronto's done in round one, maybe Winnipeg can yeah, do more. Yeah, but I just, they just kept talking about this, you know, Winnipeg. Seventh. Craig Button said it on Winnipeg's broadcast too on the TSN the night before. It was playing Toronto and losing to Toronto. Yeah, seventh overall, best record. And you're like, but I think Toronto's like four yep. or five. And you're like, what am I missing? Yep. What am I missing, Matt? Nothing? Trying not to be a homer. Well, I'm not a homer. No, Craig Button and the other, don't say it, don't say Toronto, because everyone will just tell you Toronto Sports Network. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I don't take Craig Button as a homer because he likes to smash on the Leafs at every possible (laughs) opportunity, right? So so to me, I'm waiting for him to to get out the hammer on on Willie Nylander at at any possible opportunity. He's robbed of an all-star spot. Yeah, well, and it's funny, I was looking at Leaf stats today, and so he's actually third in... In points in the Leafs. So it's not like. Um, no, you're right. But uh, up until like a week ago, that wasn't the case. It's just the way it's all kind of panned out for him. And I, I have no idea if Nylander cares or not. I quite, I quite frankly would have preferred to see Matthews stay home if he's beat up or dealing with something, right? As we've been led to believe all season long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably, he should try losing the stash. You think that's what's holding him back? I, th- I think it is, man. <laughs> I, I really think it is what's holding him back. Um... Uh, tell me something. All right. In, in a in a in a leaf vein. Mm-hmm. Playoff start today. Is there any question in your mind that Samsonov is the goalie? I think Samsonov starts game one and two at home. <laughs> Matt Murray starts games three and four on the road. Based on their splits, that's oh, uh, is that how it goes? Yeah. Is there a nice? Uh, Samsonov is still undefeated at home, twelve zero and one or something like that. And Matt Murray with like a nine twenty two save percentage overall. 
if it was up to me, I would, regardless of on the road or at home, I would start Samsonov. But they, they clearly want Murray to be the guy. Like they keep trying to feed him two or three games in a row and he's been largely fine, but then he kind of falters in one where they kind of have to pull back. And, uh, I guess last week, who did they, might've been the Winnipeg game that, uh, Murray got pulled. I can't remember now. And Samsonov came in, cleaned up the mess. It wasn't that. It was the game before that. And then now Samsonov has started two in a row, uh, plus the bailout win against whoever, uh, you know, when he came in for Murray on Tuesday. It's Murray's glove, right? It's like, well, that's what they keep saying. Yeah. That, or that he leans too far blocker side. Yeah. Tucking I his, don't know. Tucking his chin in there. He's got that kind of. But he does have these little spurts and these little hot streaks where. Yeah. Teams still know they should be looking for his glove. I I don't know, man. I It's clear they want it to be Murray, but it may not pan out to be. And I think they should be talking right now to Samsonov about an extension. I would be shocked if he was interested in doing that. He said multiple times, I'm betting on myself. I'm going to take a one-year cheap deal and then we'll see what's out there for me. Well, he's a top five in goals against and save percentage. Yeah. So now that I've bet on myself and it's paying off, why would I? I want Aaron Judge money. There you go, ma'am. Give it to him. <laughs> I I would imagine he's going to test the market. So right? what you're but saying is he's gone next year and could be. Yeah. You ride that. You that, ride ma'am, that guy ma'am. for all and he's I, worth right don't now. Don't you think? Like to me, that's why they would be so invested in making Matt Murray work. You have him again next year. Do you want to tell him you're the backup at? 4.75 or whatever they've got of his contract. And then he's coming back next year and you don't know with who, like they want it to be him, but Samsonov, you know, he's, he's floundered a little bit here and there, but for the most part, he's been very good and easily worth the bet that they placed on him and, and the money he's making. So. Well, I was taking a casual look through the, through the. the it's Leaf, just casual. The Leaf roster and the stats and yeah, nothing too in depth. Yeah. Man, everything, everything seems to be dialed back, eh? Points wise. Yep. On that leaf, on that leaf squad. Yeah. And like, like Morgan Riley with zero goals, 21 assists and, and missing a big chunk of games. And just playing really, really poorly. But he's your top scoring defenseman. Yeah. You know, Giordano was somewhere after now, that. we should do points per 60 because Mr. Connor Timmons. Yeah. 12 points in 16 games. Yeah. yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah. I love those stats. <laughs> um... Yeah, now he, honestly, that's a guy who nobody I think ha- knew that he was going to be able to 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 play that well. No, he got off to a rough start. He had some injuries there in Colorado and then he was part of a big trade, a first and Connor Timmins to Arizona, I believe in the Darcy Kemper deal. Uh and then he got hurt again in Arizona and he was down in the minors and Arizona was going to lose him on waivers, so they traded him to Toronto for Curtis Gabriel who was a just gargantuan, like six point, uh, six foot nine center that wasn't quite working out for the Leafs. And they were like, what, well, you want this unicorn? And, Can I interest you in this? And so it was better than losing him for nothing on waivers. And here he is, right? And and we'll see, did did the Leafs fix him too? Is, is that what's happened? Or was he just, that's a first round pick, right? Yeah. He just maybe needed a chance and... No, I, well, no I, one expects him to be a 0.75 points per game player the rest of the way, but... Maybe he can play. Maybe the kid's going to be fine. 100%. Yeah. And, and I, I think that is one of those things where you go, 
yeah, a couple of bad stops along the way and uh, you've, you've, you've found your way into something. Right. It's a bit of a shit show down there in Arizona. Yeah. Um, in case you haven't heard. Yeah. So no, to me that is, but just in looking at those stats, the scoring stats and even, even at the top end, right? You yeah. just sort of go, everything is down. The goal differential, they're, they're at a nice tidy plus 33, right? In yep. terms of, which is like half of where Boston's at, right? Yeah. In terms of, <laughs> but everything just seems to be the focus in Toronto. The goaltending stats would, would, would bear this out. Yeah. It's got a bit of a defensive slant to it. Yeah. And that is the one thing that even while Matthew's goal scoring numbers have been down is, I don't know if I've ever seen him better in his own end, right? With, you know, just being yeah. in position and he's always kind of been in that vein. Everyone knew he's a good two-way player, but just the number of takeaways, right? I, Block you shots. You say everybody and, knows that. Well, I think I think most Leaf fans know that. I think uh, most casual NHL fans would be surprised by how good his two hundred foot. He's game a is. dominant defensive player. How he's good he is on draws, yeah. all these things, right? It, but it is sort of that early label players get. Yeah. Right. It's it sticks with them outside the market. And well, and it's just unusual too. If you think of great goal scorers, you rarely think, and also very good in their own end, right? Like he's a bit of a unicorn in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. So He's no Patrick Line, eh? No, but, few are, man. But yeah. you know what? <laughs> we sort of, we know what this show Brock is. Brock Besser, I we believe, is also supposed to be better. On. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just in terms of, it's it's surprising to look at that and go, that's what makes this really interesting to see how this all bakes out, right? With all the defensive problems in terms of injuries mm-hmm. and how they've had to go through. And at one point they had Shellagrin was the goalie. Like they yep. were down to their third or fourth string goalie. Yeah, Giordano Hall was their top pair. Yeah, you had you had Muzzin out, you had Brody, Brody out, you had, you had Riley out. So you and and Shellagrin and Nett. And so yep. you're like, but yet they just kept other than that early season shit the bed through the West coast sort four, of, four and two, yeah. you know, if they could, if they could beat the Habs or the Coyotes, <laughs> Coyotes maybe the docks throw those in there too. You know what I mean? <laughs> like if it wasn't for the shit birds of the, of the league. And that's what happens on these Saturday night games against Monday. You're like, why do we do this? Right? Like on, in the second period, I tweeted out like, what? Well, that's what? why you're going to smash Ottawa on the Friday night as Can't opposed wait, to man. the Saturday. Ideally, that would be, what is that? I think it's Ottawa starting their bye week, I think is. It, it is the end of the, uh, it's, it's their right. break. But anyway, it, it just, you, you run them up in the first period. You look way better. You're up to nothing. You should be cruising against Montreal. And then you just decide, ah, fuck it. Let's, let's let them back in, see what happens. It's Montambo. Yeah, man. We got Motamboed. Yeah, for sure you did, man. <laughs> There's not much you can do there. I think we got Toron Toad. That's what happened, man. <laughs> we got leafed. Yeah. I don't happened. want to get leafed out here. So uh, the last thing I would want to touch on here about Toronto would be approach at the deadline. And the narrative has been for a very long time about Toronto, need to be more physical on the back end. Need to. It's always fix, fix the defense. But as you've referenced here, the defensive metrics are all very, very good and have been through far from the best of circumstances. Regular season. Yeah. And you can absolutely make an argument that you could probably get me to subscribe to that said, you're going to want what Jake Muzzin does 
when the playoffs roll around. Can I interest you in a first-round draft pick for a Ben Sherratt? You cannot uh, ever interest me in that. Can I bring the trident? First, yeah, fuck. <laughs> the trident, yes. And I don't even get to make that much light of it because it stabbed us in the heart. <laughs> What's Brett Kulak doing? <laughs> right there, baby. That's what we're talking about. But so I, I do, I sort of understand that, but I, I also, I keep looking at it going, is that really what's been our problem, right? In, in game seven last year against Tampa, we lost two to one. The year before that against Montreal. Paul. Yes. As, as you do. <laughs> I can't remember if we got shut out or only scored one. I think we scored one when it was all said and done. Like we were down three, nothing or whatever to Montreal and scored one late. Like I, the problem seems to be, believe it or not, they're not scoring enough in the playoffs. And so would you be better off trying to find some support in that top six? Maybe somebody other than Callie Yarncroke to play with Tavares and Marner. Can I interest you in a Nick Felino? You cannot. <laughs> you tried to do it two years ago. <laughs> Look, I just, there's a part of me that thinks you're not ever going to change this defense. Like there isn't just a Jake Muzzin out there. One of the names that keeps getting floated is, is Gavrikov. Who's kind yep. of a Columbus. similar, yeah. Stay at home kind of guy. And, and look, maybe, but they're apparently looking for a David Savard type trade and, and they first, got a first, first and a player. third for yeah. that or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. I'm not giving up that for a rental of, of Gavrikov. If you could get out and get, and he's been hurt. So it scares me a little But Tyler Bertuzzi. Maybe ah. to play on that. I, COVID denier. Yeah. No, I get it. But hey, the border restrictions are lifted and COVID's not a thing anymore. So fuck it. Let's go. Uh, Convoy supporter. Patrick Kane. Can oh, we, yeah. Jonathan Taves. But Patrick Kane isn't healthy and you would need another team to retain. Ryan O'Reilly is having his worst year in quite some time and he's injured right now. Is that what you'd be looking for? I can't imagine that the Leafs will be the team with, you know, that's able to get Bo Horvat. That's going to be a hell of a... Yeah, for sure. But like, to me, that's more... If this is what we are, then lean into it. Because yeah. we've done the opposite thing a couple times now, and it hasn't worked. So try and find somebody that's going to pop in that extra goal you need to either finish it in game five when you have the chance. Or You're asking for your Barkley Goudreau or your no, like I'm Coleman. very much not. I want a scorer. I want someone to play on in the top six okay. with Marner and Tavares. And, and what I don't want, I don't want the depth third line. Pieces. I get Marner to shoot as opposed to constantly yeah. looking for Matthews. Yeah. yeah. That's what Rob would look for. Okay. Okay. But. Also, at the deadline, you know they're going to do something. Yeah, are you? You have to do something. Are you still? Are you you would push for the D over the, I'd push the score. The, I'd push for the Gabrikov type guy. Okay, yeah. o- only because, and we've we talked about this over and over and over and over again, is in Gary's NHL and over the the playoffs are somehow at some point or another going to revert to. We don't run by the same rules as yeah. we do in the regular season. Yep. So the Leafs can do their thing and they can run out Sandine and whoever else. And, and you go, yeah, it's going to work. It's going to work. And then it, it doesn't in the playoffs, right? When when somehow the rules don't get don't get called the same way. Right. So if it's not if it's not anybody from the Trident. I, and I love if the, the Oilers Kul- won't bring us Brett Kulak. I, I love the Kulak <laughs> reference if for sure, man. And to me, that is such a that then you need somebody of that ilk. 
right? Until the NHL shows that they can do it another way. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. You it, know what's uh, going to happen. We're going to get Gavrikov and Tampa is going to be like, you know what? Let's just grab Bo Horvat. Like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you getting these picks? <laughs> I have no idea what's happening here. Right? How do you continue to do this? Yeah. But it, it will be like, to me, Toronto is doing all the right things. All the right things. They, they've put a, put an emphasis on the D side of the game, right? Like, yep. And they just look really good and they're winning low scoring games. They still have game breaking talent. And you just, despite what I thought, Tavares is still looking really good. And Would, would you, would you at this point going into the deadline, would you just re-sign Kyle Dubas right now? Even if it's just for one year or does he have to win a round? Because I, I wonder, Man. going into the deadline, even like you can't say to that guy, "Hey, you're a lame duck GM, so you have to run everything by us," and or you know, put the handcuffs on him at the deadline when you're supposed to be letting him fight for his life a little bit, right? Like, well, the thing is, I I just can't imagine, even if he loses again in in round one, who's well, I, I've said this before on the podcast. I feel like unless Joe Sackick, Steve Eisman, eh, I don't really love, I'm, I'm kind of off the Stevie Y thing, but, uh, down in, um, we'll see what happens in Tampa, with the Larkin deal in Detroit. That'll be a, that'll be a watershed moment. Who's the GM down in Tampa? Um, uh, it's a French. It starts with a B. Boucher? No. Nope. Uh, Billado, Barbaro. Sure. Well, the city here in Brisbane. It is. It's Julian Brisbois. If he were available, and he's not. If Joe Sackick was available, okay, so you're giving Brisbois the credit in in Tampa as opposed to. Well, he's kept it going since Eisenman yep. left. He's well, made some and, interesting and, deals, and, and locked some guys up. Yeah. Yep. So uh, right now, look, I, I'm a little. Eisenman's done some things over the last year or two. I'm a little skeptical of, and we'll see. He that, may that drafting of Mo Sider that we mocked heavily on here seems oh, to wait, have panned that out. Seems to have worked out. Ben Sherratt, though, for five million times five years. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no. That's the, all about well, it. And, and the you know Delkovic. What's his name? Nadelkovic. Nadelkovic. And but so my point would be, if you're gonna fire Dubis, and I I would get it. I wouldn't like it, but I'd understand that. Look, you only get so many cracks at this, and then look, you have to go. But I feel like there's almost no chance you're hiring someone better or like, uh, yeah. So I, I just, I don't know if I, I, I look at how this team is going. I look at how the, some of the, the players that he's banked on have performed. I'm not sure I wouldn't give him just even just one more year for now. Just tack it on so that he can go into the deadline and cause they're not going to miss the fucking money. I was right? just say, unlike the Aquilinis. <laughs> They'll, not, they'll pay. They don't MLS care. MLS is not going to care about the extra bucks. Um, I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't. Knowing what you know, that you're not going to get a better job or a more high profile job. So, so you think, if you do it well, you'll get an extension when it's done. But I, just, if you I think he has done it well. And Okay. Yeah. So, but to me, it's... Then but I no, do understand the... Look, if you lose again, there is a... It's a win-loss business. I, I do get that part. It's right? results oriented yeah. big time. At the end of the year, you go. I just, I'm not sure who's going to be better. I... Yeah. Well, and you know what? That is to me a a good approach to it because yeah, there's not a lot. There's but you're saying 
he may have as much show it now if you want to keep this Toronto Maple Leaf job in the I, I just feel like he was going to do that anyway, right? Like he's going to do his best, but I, yeah. I, I'd like him to go into the deadline with at least a little reassurance that. I think there's enough people that understand that people go, well, look at that model. You paid heavy on your top four. Yeah. Well, then the pandemic happened and where there was expected to be cap growth, there wasn't. Yeah. Like, I think everybody understands, you know, the buntings and the yarn crows and all those sorts of nice additions at a, at a, at a reasonable cost. Yeah are good things, right? So I don't disagree with you, but at the end of the day, yeah, good guy, good job, no fucking wins. Yep, yep. No, it's fair, man. Well, why don't we move off to another place where jobs may be up for grabs here very shortly. Jesus Christ, I hope. Uh, yeah, the uh, Ottawa Senators, not uh, not so good. Um, went into a, look, you and I said months ago, the season's over. Uh, a lot of people were clinging to this possibility that this back-to-back with Pittsburgh, who was holding down the last playoff spot, if you could grab four points there, then maybe you stay within striking distance. Um, yeah, they, five points five points out of a playoff spot with 36 games to go. That's with, all right. You're, with five teams to pass or whatever yeah, but it was. The five teams is, you're you're talking about a bunch of teams within two points of you. Well, let's not get bogged down there because they did not get four points against the Penguins. And instead they're now 10 points out. Yeah. Which is more troubling. Uh, You're dead again. It is troubling. It's very troubling, Matt. (laughs) Uh, Before we dive any deeper on these, we got more beers. More beers! (laughs) See you play. Garçon? Yeah. Yeah. Garçon was French for boy. Yeah, it's true, man. Mm. So this is... We've gone in the opposite direction. Look at that. There was a little pause there for her. Take a pull on that and tell me what you think. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not sure what to make of that. <laughs> well, it's a 180, am I it right? It is absolutely a hard turn from where we just were with our uh, caramel. Chocolate cup- caramel cupcake stout. Yeah. At are, 5.9. We're a long way from home. Yeah, that from Sawdust City, which uh, to me was was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think it delivered on a lot of what it what it said it would. Agreed. So what we have both cracked, I have yet to pull on mine, is that is something called given the circumstances. As we prepare to talk about the circumstances, West Coast same. IPA yeah. from Market really? yeah. Market Brewing. So six point five percent, right? Obviously, you're looking for a little bold, aggressive hoppiness there, a little yeah, bitterness yeah. up front. You getting that? Oh, it's bold. Oh, it's bold. That's well, that's what this show was all about. Right, man. Okay, but so are you getting any of that aggressive bitterness that you would get with a West Coast no, IPA? No. Really? I'm not finding this overly bitter. Now, I should be fair that I probably should have went out, hit a little palate cleanser coming off the uh, the stout coating here that... Uh, yeah, oh, I, see, I, I, I don't find, find I, this, I don't find it that bitter. Yeah, I, I, I'm getting a little of that up front. I think it's aggressive up front, as you said, but I don't find it bitter. I, maybe that's just a okay. difference in... Uh, well, and given the circumstances, I love the title. Yeah. Right? Given the circumstances, we're going to have to fight to the death. All right. Well, it was unavoidable. <laughs> Sooner or later. Yeah. Given the circumstances. Series finale of talking yeah, on <laughs> I have to use my own underwear as a coffee filter. Yeah, uh, 
Those are bad circumstances. <laughs> but given the circumstances, yeah, what point. are the options, man? No, you've uh, some you've taken a wrong turn somewhere. All right. Given the uh, given the circumstances, we're gonna have to sleep in a cardboard box tonight. Given the circumstances, we're gonna have to let DJ Smith coach tonight. And and you know what? I am not fire the coach guy. I, I think you would would agree. In, yeah. in all the years we've been on here, I have not been a. You know, we got to get rid of that coach. We got to. It, it's to me. We have far exceeded the time when, when DJ was hired here for cheap. You knew that he was the coach that was going to get your let loser guy. Yeah. While you, we're losing, you have the reins. When we're ready to win, it will not be you anymore. Right. Your work with the young guys, coach. Sure, you yeah. are a guy with big junior background. You are yeah players coach. coach. Jenny's. You are a guy that the players love to play for. Mm. You're like, well, what Supposedly. are you fu- What are you playing? Right. The game is hockey. <laughs> yep. Just like that, man. <laughs> That's let's go Eugenie's. <laughs> so, it's it, to me uh, it's time, man. It's time. I was calling for it last season. I really wasn't. And I I got there, I'll be honest with you, last night, Saturday night. Uh Sends lose again to the Jets. And man, I just saw DJ's quotes afterwards that we're, we're splitting up the top six because every line needs a worker. So now you're taking shots at your top guys, right? That some of them aren't working. And I guess we're going to go three lines with a plug on every one of them. And Parker then Kelly, top line. Let's do it. Let's see Dylan Gambrell playing with Tim Stutzla. That's going to go well. Uh, and also in that press conference, he's talking about, man, it's... Skill doesn't matter. You have to be willing to grind. Okay, stop. Skill does matter. You have it now, and it hasn't worked. Now, the bottom six is bad. It's bad, man. It. I expected it would be... Look, all of this... Uh, I didn't expect, as you know, I they weren't good enough in my eyes to make the playoffs this year. I expected better than this. Pinto... Essentially the same pace as last year at this time. Yeah. I thought Pinto would be that linchpin because he's now going to be third line center. Yep. Now Norris has been hurt. That's legit. Yep. That's a real thing maybe that's hurt, happened maybe to hurt them. Again. We'll yeah, see. maybe hurt again. Um, and look, Tyler Mott is not a great offensive player, but on your third line wing oh, with a Pinto. Hurt. Yeah. I thought he would help as well. That stuff hasn't really happened and there's all kinds of reasons for it. But in my eye, it was, why would I fire the coach if I don't think the team is any better than what they're playing anyway. And now that I've gotten to the point where I saw those quotes on Saturday night, it was okay. This is becoming a bad atmosphere, right? This is now probably no longer a place where players are saying, I really want to play for that guy. They'll say it publicly. Every player does. But if he's still looking at this team and saying that grit is the problem when your bad defensive system is a huge problem, right? I'd go for a bad defensive system. I don't see a defensive, a defensive system. Yeah, and that's fair. So I, I just, because I didn't think the team was as good as a lot of other people did, I wasn't ready to blame the coach. His quotes on Saturday night said to me, yeah, it's probably time. And I, you probably won't get the guy you want right now, but someone else has to come in for the rest of the season. And then you try and hire your guy in the summer, I guess. Is. See, the thing for me is... You were looking at a season of starting with a third line of, of Matthew Joseph, yeah. who went 11 points in 12 games down the stretch, whatever, right? Last year. Yeah. You're not looking for a point of game guy there, clearly. Right. But 
if you look at the third line of, of Pinto, Mott, and Joseph, I'm, I'm quite content with that. Right. If you can churn out 40 goals from that third line combined. Right. You're all right. You know, you're doing fine. That, that line has not been healthy. Joseph and Mott have been out for extended periods of time. Yeah. You look at Norris has been out and. And Pinto really and didn't Pin- take the step that a lot of us thought he would. Well, you're talking about a guy who's, who's played 12 NHL games coming into the season. Yeah. Now has to, has to be a second line center. Yep. And go up against a bunch of beasts. Sure. Ain't happening. And so that there's problems there. If you look at this team and we've talked about it extensively about whether it's Trotz or Sutter or whatever, guys who come into situations and go, all right, this is what I've got. I'm going to move things around and and I'm going to improve what we have. There is, if you look at the one and dones in the offensive zone, the, the soft, soft neutral zone play that results in guys entering the zone at speed, poor gap control. Like I'm looking at guys bent over swinging their sticks last night on, <laughs> and you're like, I could do that in my moon boots. Like I'm not Look, even wearing it skates. It looks like those bubble hockey guys that just stand and swing back and forth, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, what are you doing, man? And, and so to me, I hear as somebody who is in the market, heavily invested in the local team. Yeah. I hear DJ say all the time, we just need to be harder. We just need to be harder. You're like, fuck, we need to be smarter and better, not just harder. <laughs> like everybody, unless your name is Mike Hoffman, everybody goes hard, right? Like it's- Yeah, it's, it's not like these guys aren't working. No. And so to me, you go, to go harder, harder at what? Right. Like, what am I doing harder? Getting punched in the face by Adam Lowry? <laughs> that happened. <laughs> So no, I don't need harder. I need smarter and better. Right. Like if you look at the number of times in our, in the defensive zone, our, like I'm somehow. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I do. In the defensive zone, you have a center to defenseman with the puck on his stick and there's either no outlet and the puck stays in the zone. How many times those pucks end there? You have long periods in your own zone. Like these are small, fundamental Little keys, little details that are going missed. Will we not just and, see and, again and this weekend? Way, yeah, yeah. And not everybody can have a low hockey IQ. At some point. It's what they've been told to do. The structure. Or not told. Is confusing yeah. or it's whatever it is because you have guys who for the most part have all been excellent at other levels and you, you they all get here now in this system yeah. and suck. It's coaching, man. It's coaching. We just saw again, I believe this weekend, JBD sent down and Zaitsev stay up. The season's over. What are you doing? Yeah. Leave that guy. Now, unless Dorian has suddenly also agreed that our coach sucks, let's get him out of here. And I don't believe that's what this was. They've decided to send JBD back down when he should be the one who stays and learns. You know what Zaitsev is, and you admitted it already. You put him through waivers. You sent him to the minors. Right. Somehow he ended up back up here. You know what Nick Holden is, right? Like uh, these are guys. And it, let so, JBD and those guys play. Is JBD miscast on Friday and Saturday night as Shabbat's partner? Yes. Is he a two? Is he ever going to be a two? Probably not. Right. Is he a four, five, six guy? Right. Yeah. And he needs the reps. 
and he needs the reps at this level and he needs them in a more appropriately slotted spot. Yeah. I At this point, I don't know how you keep going into that locker room with the same coach. And, and again, this comes from those quotes on Saturday night for me and just saying, yeah, okay, guys, just, just keep playing harder. Well, what the fuck? Like, what am I getting from that? What am I learning from that? How are we turning this around? That's not help. That's not coaching. That's not uh, just, just more, just harder. And we'll break up the top six and we'll put some fucking plugs on every line with a skill guy on every line. And we'll see what happens. No, this is now a coaching problem. And I, I do think the roster was overestimated a bit. That's just my opinion. But now the coaching clearly is an issue. If not the only issue, it is an issue. And it's an easily fixable one when everyone has clearly decided, look, you're not the guy long-term anyway. So see ya. I've decided that. Yeah. It, now, and I said to you, we got Claude Julian right here in the attending local. games, apparently. Uh, attending local minor hockey games. Bruce Boudreau is available. Okay. So, but, <laughs> but if you look at, let's just look Rick at. Talk is not. Let's look at Claude Julian as a structured coach. Yeah. So if you look at, and you and I talked about it when they traded for Debrinket and signed Giroux. And you're like, that's a legit top six. Yep. 100%. And you go, okay, so you're afraid if you bring in a Julian now that because of his defensive approach, are we going to, you know, take a step back in goal scoring? We're already 30th in five on five goals. Yep. Like, where's the fear, man? Can we allow fewer goals if we brought in a more structured coach? Yeah. How about that? I don't know what else you can do this year. We've talked about, and Dorian has said, well, you know, if there's a piece at the deadline, it's expensive at the deadline. Why are you going to bid? And I understand he's not going to go out and buy just a rental. I don't think. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Are you sure about that, Matt? It's an expensive time to do business, right? And this year it's gone. It's over. Do you want the new coach now? Like I, I get wanting this one gone. Do you, there is an argument that says if it's going to be Julian, who, whoever it's going to be, do you yeah, want yeah. them now to get a head start, start implementing some things, building a relationship with the guys? I could see that. Or do you just at this point go, let's just get through the rest of this fucking mess again and and in the summer bring in somebody fresh, fresh training camp, fresh start with everything I don't know. Like there, there's guys that are going to have to make decisions here too. Like to bring it, maybe he'd want to see yep. where you're going and yep. and have the new guy here. What do you want to do? I want a new coach, and I want a new coach now. Yeah, and I want a new staff. And to, for me, it's the price you pay is in the Debrinkets and those sorts of things. And what happens with the Sanderson extension? All those things that are coming up. Yeah, they're also. Because they're getting a negative taste in their mouth. How many Saturdays on on national broadcasts do you want to have a full burn? And 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 I can't think of the last time Ottawa fans have left booing the hometown off the ice. Like I that happened last night. Right. Right? Where the fans they've lived through six years of a rebuild. Took they're, five years from the team being built from nothing in ninety two into a playoff team. Yeah. This is now the longest this is not a crowd that is that is prone to booing the hometown team. Right. And and that happened on Saturday night because everybody feels like it's just not reaching its potential. Right? And and to me that's the thing where you show up and you could tell the vibe in the building at the anthems 
and the crowd is is jacked up. There was zero to cheer about in that game last night. Like, like what a whiplash. Like from how awful last year was compared to expectation. Then this incredible summer has everyone stoked. And here we are a couple weeks after the new year, not even at the all-star break and everybody's right back to it's over again. We're done again. Like I, yeah, it's incredible this season. And it's hard to say that after seasons past that have all had crazy stories and whatever, but to sit here this year and go, I can't believe they're here again. Well, like when me- I, 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 sorry, man, I just was going to say the the point I kept making in the off season is 30 points is a lot of points to make up, to make the playoffs. I assumed they'd get I don't, within 10, within what, and maybe yeah. they will, they're in within 10 now, but it just doesn't feel like they're any further ahead, despite like you said, Drew and Debrinkit and locking up Norris long term and Josh Sanderson arriving and this was supposed well, to be you brought in Talbot who has 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 yeah. okay, I know, but to me, if you flipped out Gustafson, who nobody was from what he no. had and he's not playing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. From what he had done here, yep. nobody had seen anything that would say, Yeah, we're going with Forsberg and Gus next right. year. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you brought in a guy who to me is a great one A. Right, Talbot never never a great starter, but to me as a guy who was that sort of guy, yeah, that he was going to provide great insulation, if nothing else, for Forsberg, and if he had to carry the ball at times, great. He was pretty bad Friday for sure. Uh, He's been bad. There's been a there's been a couple of stretches where yeah, you're like yikes, that is, and you're not helping us. No, you're not helping us. And so that hasn't been as good. You know, both those guys are at around 900 in their save percentage. Yeah. You just sort of go, okay, that hasn't worked out. It's been great in stretches. It was great early. Uh, Hasn't hit the mark. And it just, the fans coming, like I said, we want to slag on Ottawa for attendance, but you get the full burn. and, And I can't think of how many times there's been a full burn and the result has been, Less than heartwarming. Like, why would I come back next weekend? And you're like, right? fuck, man. Yeah. It's everybody's here and they're amped and they're ready to go. And then the 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 locals, you know, leave a soft dump in the corner. <laughs> and you're like, man, that's like I I was I've I've been at three games this year and and I haven't been satisfied with any of them. Right. And you're like, wow. nothing worse than an unsatisfying Saturday night. Oof, like one hundred percent, man. I paid good money for this. <laughs> fuck, fight or hold the light. Something's got to be happening here, man. And I'm left what? Yeah. Nah, I'm holding the light. <laughs> And so you're like, it's, you got to be doing something. And and so like, you know, Saturday night, last weekend, we didn't even touch on it. It was a mercy killing on Matt's part. Seven zip in Colorado, you show up. And this is what, what I I hold very little hope for the Toronto Ottawa game. You, Ottawa matching up against. Take some, some solace from the Toronto Montreal game. I don't, I don't because. You look at, at teams that roll in with high-end talent, Ottawa in their transition game has no answer in the neutral zone for, for teams. Do you look at Ranton and, and McKinnon? Yeah. They were just cutting through Ottawa like like nothing. Morrissey and, and Shifley last night? Right. There was zero answer in the neutral zone. Like Blake Wheeler looked like Pavel Bure last night. <laughs> not that's, a notorious not a sure thoroughbred yeah, right no. there. Right? And so when we get... Nylander, Marner, they'll just be, they'll be zipping through that neutral zone. Like it's like, it's taking tickets at the fair. Like they'll just be like, woohoo. Sweet. 
I, I, it, it's Can't whatever, wait. Whatever that sound is from Mario Kart. So long, loser. <laughs> I, I, I Wario. I guess, it's, it's, I guess what Wario says when he's, when he's passing you by. So long, loser. He gets loser. the star. Yeah, yeah. 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 and you're like, forget <laughs> it, man. That's what's going to happen on the ice here. <laughs> if they don't change that, and it's not changing without a new coaching staff. And, and I am not oblivious, Matt, to the warts that are in this roster. Yeah. The right-handed side of the D. The, the the mistakes Shabbat makes sometimes at the blue lines, like... Well, uh, you're already starting to see certain nights where Sanderson getting more minutes than Shabbat, last, taking last spots night, on that number last one Last night PP. in the second half of the game, he came out in the first power play unit. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's unwarranted. I don't think it is either. Yeah. And, and the thing... It's not it, good news, but it, it's not unwarranted. It is not good news, but I, I firmly believe with with better structure and a different coaching staff, Shabbat is, Shabbat's a different player. So you have said here, before we move off this, that you don't, uh, that you want a new coaching staff and you want it now. Rob wants it now. Do you think you're getting one? Rob wanted it spring of 2022. Or is this, do you expect that you're getting one or will they ride this out now? Well, I, I really have no idea. No. Right. When you look at the contract status of, he was extended out. And with the ownership thing up in flux. There's just no excuse now. I, I I guess that is one. The ownership, do you want another head coach contract on the books? I guess. But at some point, what are you selling? Yeah. If you've destroyed the fan base again. Well, and, and and it really is that whole, it's like putting your finger in an open cut. That's right. that's kind of what's happening here is, oh, it's healing. We're starting to, the fan base is starting to come back. Oh, wait, yeah, Tear wait, that ah, open. Ah, right. Ah. You're like, oh fuck, that's no good. Yeah. And so it's really, I think, I, I think because it's one of those things where you're like, you spend all this time in the rebuild in the last five years where the fan base is, is sort of, I'm a jaded, I will never love again. <laughs> right. And then it's like, oh wait, maybe I can love again. You're like, oh, guy's drunk all the time. Uh, Falls. Uh, and she had the gonorrhea. Knocks over the Christmas tree. <laughs> guy's a fucking lout. Whatever, right? And it's uh, people have sort of Rob been pulled I, that out of his pocket pretty quick. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> He's seen this a time or two. Yeah, you went with the gonorrhea card. <laughs> yeah, all right. Pulled that out of my pocket pretty quick. <laughs> so drunken guy into Christmas tree, gonorrhea. I don't know, man. Either way, it's not a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Either way, nobody's enjoying that. No. And so to me, it's it's almost more dangerous when you yeah, I, you know, I'm starting to open my heart again. Wham! Take that heart. That hurts, man. I don't like that. Yeah. And I just remember why I didn't want to love again. Right. And so this fan base is a, is a decent fan base, but you're giving it a reason to not be. And, and so to me. The question was, will there be a new coach by the end of the season or will they ride it out? Yeah. Yeah. And my question was, no. Not a question. I blame the six point five baby. It's the gonorrhea. I love it for sure. (laughs) The clap started in my head. Yeah, and so yeah, I no, I I I don't think there will. I think that we replace the coach maybe when we replace the GM, and that can't be that far off with Kyle Dubas. Oh fuck! (laughs) Wouldn't that be? Oh, okay. Wade. Yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll, I'm in Delaware. We'll, what the hell has happened here? 
I'll deal with that when it comes, if it comes. Uh, one of the things I was going to present to you at the very beginning of the season, and I just never did, A, because I was never all that sold on it, but B, just it never really came up, was that the Habs and the Sens would finish within five points of each other. And at the time, it would have been, bah! That's uh, stupid! They are within three points of each other right now. Are the Habs in front? No. Okay. <laughs> no. They were for a little while. For sure they were. Early in the season they were. But right now they are behind. Um, Last, uh, well, Saturday morning, the Habs announced, we're shutting down Cole Caulfield. Habs will not finish within 10 points of Ottawa. Okay. Write it down. Mark that to tape, Matt, right there. Okay. Uh, They've decided we're shutting down Cole Caulfield, who had played the last bunch of games, uh, had spoken to the media the day before, seemed upbeat, everything was fine, and then out of nowhere it was just, yeah, no, he's done. Shoulder surgery. And uh, yeah, out for the season, um, and he was having a pretty good season uh, for, for a, twenty six like, goals. A sophomore or? Yeah. Yeah. He'd kinda... yeah. But he had some Cy Young numbers, eh? Oh yeah. But it was interesting to see that they chose this time to do, and they came out and of course said, you know, it has been bugging him for a while and whatever, maybe it has, but this is what tanking teams wanted. Anything that we need to get cleaned up, let's just let's just do that now. Why don't we get you Slavkovsky, out of the lineup? Ouch. Yeah, um, and I, it takes me back to uh, during the Matthews year, the JVR injury. I think was mid January. They said it'll be about five or six weeks. We was, just never saw him again. Was Horacek <laughs> coaching? Uh, no, that was uh, that was Babcock's first year. Okay. He he had one year of tank before the turnaround. Okay, um, and so look, I I believe there was probably something wrong with. With Caulfield's shoulder, did it need to happen right now? That I don't necessarily buy. But is there anything offside about just going, yeah, you know what? We're just going to, anybody who's a little dinged up, we're just going to sit you down. We're going to allow nature to run its course here as we try and get as low in the standings as we can. Or Zero. Yeah. Zero in my opinion. Yeah. That you have, this guy obviously needs a little something. Um, Why push it? Yeah. When you are already, yeah, 13 points out of a playoff spot, yep. you have no chance and it's only going to get worse. Like they, they are where they are because they overachieved early in the season. Yes. And so, no, you By know what? Quite a large margin. For sure they did. Yeah, no, man, they, they were like. a good run. Well, and it was, it was early in the season when everyone's like. Yeah, the Bruins probably you know aren't going to make the right. aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> They'll come there. back to earth, and you're like, ah, oh wait, they're just setting records, yeah. and and Montreal's and you're like, what? What? What's going on? The Panthers have fallen here? off, but I they'll have, be fine. Yeah, They'll get it going. Yeah, nope. You know, nope, the, you know nope. the uh, President's Trophy winners last year yeah. now are like in the toilet now. Anyways, yeah. the reality is, if I'm Montreal and you have Florida's first round pick, yep, and you have yours, and you're like, these could be two top ten picks. Holy fuck. Right, both going into the lottery. How? Do you, oh. So this is the Ben Sherratt trade you alluded yeah. to earlier when talking about the Leafs. The Panthers trade a first and a third, I believe, to uh, maybe not. Maybe no, it was. It was a first and a third. I don't know. They they have the Florida has no pick till twenty twenty. No first fives. Yeah, they just decided we're going for it all this year. Oops. They trade away. Their first, and that on its own is not an unforgivable sin if you think you're good. But a first for Giroux you as well. Lottery, you don't lottery protect that shit. 
in a Connor Bedard year? Why, man? I am President's Trophy winner. I'm sure I'll be in the playoffs next year. It won't yeah. even matter. I is there a more and this will be I, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit. Yeah. Can you think of a more hilarious trade? If it then if it turns out to be Ben Sherratt for Connor Bedard. <laughs> Florida thinks, hey, we're pretty good. We'd like your three or four defensemen to help bolster us. We'll trade you our first round pick. We won't lottery protect it. Ben Sherratt will leave at the end of the season. We will suck next year. And the draft pick we traded you could win the lottery and end up being Connor fucking Bedard. All right. Well, so you have put me on the spot. Yeah. Uh, but could I present you a Tom Curver's trade? I, I knew that was where you were going to go. <laughs> so that one was 1990, yeah. 89, 90, In something 90. like that. Yeah. yeah. The Leafs trade for Tom Curver's, a defenseman from, from New, New Jersey, Jersey, and uh, trade their first round pick the in, next year. In the Lindros draft. In the Lindros draft. And so that next season, the Leafs are awful. And they end up making a trade with Quebec, who is also awful. But they say to Quebec, give us all your good players that you can spare because we can't finish last. We, <laughs> sure, yes. we, we have to finish as far from last as we can so people don't go, oh my God, you gave away Eric Lindros. And in exchange, we'll give you all our worst players because you're trying to be. Yeah, you want that. You want to be as bad. You like that. <laughs> right. Uh, so that one absolutely came to mind. For me as well. It wasn't guaranteed. This isn't guaranteed. It's a lottery pick as well. Yep. But that came to mind for me. But there's not many that would register quite like this where... No, but who who did they end up losing out in that draft? Scott Niedermeyer. Mm. Still not great. That guy's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a number two. I think. Three. I think three. three. It could be three. Yeah. So either way, I, yeah. I, I think Fat Balloon, Pat Falloon went number two. Not a banner year for the Leafs. <laughs> not a banner moment. Uh, so that is absolutely one that, that would fit into the category. But yeah, just in terms of, man, we, we didn't even think about it because we expected we're good now. Well, like we're and, past all this. And I will flip you the, the, the opposite side of that is the Matt Duchesne trade. Yeah. Where Ottawa went, ah, we're going to lottery protect that. We'll take, and then they end up taking Kachuk and they push it over. And then you're like, that's the we'll Jack live Hughes. live in hell for two years. And then you go, oh, wait, it still sucks. Yeah. And that's the Jack Hughes trade. And you're like, eh, draft. And then yeah. Ottawa ended up yeah. going to fourth. Ended up still bone by, uh, so bone it, it, by it, it, Yep. But if you look at, again, the Eric Carlson trade mm-hmm. and the signing of Evander Kane bumping Ottawa's pick back because it was protected or whatever. Yeah. Bumps it back, and we end up getting Tim Stutzla for that. Well, Graham Nichols wrote about that not too long ago, just basically saying how lucky Ottawa turned out to be in that deal, right? Like, that was not looking that good at the time, and yet it it did turn out to be. uh, Well, I probably on this very podcast said, don't give me any of your Timo Meyer (laughs) bullshit, whatever you got going, Tom Tomash Hurdle. And then I go, can I, can I get the Myers I, or the I'd Hurdle? Love, love like, what is happening here? We, yeah, yeah. This sucks. And then you go, okay, out of it, we could get Norris and Stutzla. And Rudy Balser. <laughs> and don't forget about Rudy Balser's. <laughs> Never do, man. No. So, look, obviously, I don't think either one of us wants to see Connor Bedard end up in Montreal. 
and I really don't want to see him end up in Ottawa either, to be honest with you, which is also on the table at the moment. It looks like it could be. It could be. Where do you want to see Connor Bedard end up? Because wanna... when you look around, allow me to, to do my thing here yeah. for a second, man. Let me do my thing. <laughs> We've seen, actually, as recently as like two, three weeks ago, it looked like no one had ever successfully tanked quite as well as Chicago. And then they just finished a six and one run. I don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah, they beat, I don't know who they beat Saturday night. Well, they just beat Colorado like a Louis, week ago. Col- like wow, well, they beat Colorado 3-2 and then Ottawa rolls into Colorado and Colorado was like, yeah, Fuck you. take this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a thing that happened. It did. Uh, Arizona is on the map. Philadelphia will probably be. Columbus. You know, in the, yeah, Columbus is very much in the mix there. When someone wins the lottery here coming up in a couple of months. New York Rangers. Frozen envelope. <laughs> Where would you like to see Connor Bedard end up? Chicago Blackhawks. I, and, and you know what? It's it's like they are. There will be riots in the streets. Yeah. Well, any more than when you go, Pittsburgh is going to leave and we'll just give them this draft pick. It's Mario Lemieux. And then you have this great success for a decade. Great success. Years. And then you go, ah, the franchise sucks again and they're going to leave. We're going to sell and they're going to end up in Kansas City. And they go, somehow they get Sidney Crosby. And you're like. So I think the Blackhawks, if you believe in the frozen envelope or the frozen ball, whatever you want to call it. The NHL loves that market. I do believe Chicago is the most likely, right? that, That is a tent post organization for the league. They want it to do well. Uh. They need the the revenues that come from there. If they're going to rig it, they'll rig it for Chicago. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to see the Blackhawks rewarded quite yet. People still have this taste in their mouth about, you know, Blackhawks in every outdoor game and winning every Stanley Cup and in every, you know, all-star game, all these sorts of things. It was always about the Blackhawks there for what a What a great franchise. Turn around, the words. You finally got rid of old curmudgeon. I, when he died. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. Got rid got of. Got rid of. <laughs> that means something different in Chicago. Well, People get yeah, off that's, Chicago. that's very true, right? Well, and then you go, yeah, who knew that Rocky Wirtz was going to be the. Turned out to be just as big of a piece of shit. <laughs> in, in all sorts of ways, different I ways. I pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> um, But at the same time, I've, I, I've always had this distaste for the idea that all of Canada's best. And look. Not necessarily Connor Bedard's. There's not a ton of those kicking around. But every year, our best players just get, yeah, hey, off to Arizona you go. We'll never hear from you again. Uh, what? Barrett? Hey, Barrett Hayden. Barrett I guess. Hayden. Yeah, down in it. You've just been destroyed. You're nothing. Now, Jonathan Huberto turned out to be pretty good, but no one ever saw him. He was in my, like, all, they just get sent to the worst possible fucking Rick Nash wastes half his career in, in Columbus. Columbus. <laughs> I'm sick of that too. Like I want these guys to end to stop. Angelo Esposito. Well, he kind of destroyed himself. Rico <laughs> Fata. What, what's happening with these guys? I just want to stop rewarding the wretches of the league. And so I don't want to see Connor Bedard end up. In Columbus hey, in or non, Arizona. In a non-Canadian way, I, I, I can't even remember where I saw him. Oh, Arizona, actually, I think is where I just saw him recently. 
Do you remember the hype around Nick Bugstad? Yeah, I was one of the guys pumping those tires. Loved that guy. He's like seven teams into his career now. Man, you're like, woof. He was in Florida. He was in Pittsburgh. He was in Minnesota. Yeah, he's down in Arizona now. I I was a- But he was going to be the- I was a Bukestad booster. He was going to be the guy. Yeah. And- Not. Not. I wouldn't mind seeing Bedard in Philadelphia. Ah. Like that's a major market for them that has been just sort of- wonk for a while now, right? Like I, that would be like, to me, it doesn't have to be Canada. It just has to be a place that's not going to Minnesota. disappear. Like Minnesota. Nah, not really. That's for some reason, the wild are just kind of, that's whatever. near Canada. It's really yeah, just Canada light bland. Yeah. They love their hockey. It's the, I don't really want them in my division. That's the other, I, I don't want them in Ottawa. I don't want them in, uh, in Montreal. He's not coming to Ottawa. That's an absolute. <laughs> if we're doing the frozen envelope, Ottawa's envelope will be so hot that you couldn't possibly mistake it. Are it will you have sure? been heated have up. Have you seen how many times you've seen Ryan Reynolds with Gary Bettman and honestly this, this whole thing and you're like, you know what? That would work. Let's do that. He hasn't even become a part of it yet. I'm kind of sick of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> enough, I, man. And as enough. I told you before, man, as somebody who, before this ever came out, I watched the Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah. And I was like. Oh, and then I heard the, the, after I watched the finale, I'm like, then I started to hear these rumors and I'm like, I don't want to be one of those shitheads who's like, look at that idiot soccer fan. And it's like, it's fun to laugh at other people. Yeah. I don't want to laugh at, I don't want people laughing at me. <laughs> I'm my own kind of shithead. <laughs> look at that delusional prick. Yeah, that's me. Uh, I know you wanted to touch on, uh, on what happened in Philadelphia last week with, uh, with yep. Provorov and, and Pride Night. Um, I'm going to basically hand this to you because I hit it with- You and Hoffley With hit Hoffley it. hit it the yep. other night. But look, it's it's an important thing to, to discuss. And in case you missed it, uh, it was Pride Night in Philadelphia. Typically when this happens, guys just use the rainbow tape. Most do, some don't, but it's harder to notice, right? You're down on the ice. It doesn't a whole lot of attention doesn't get paid to it. Uh, Ivan Provorov uh, decides I'm not going to take warm up because his teammates, this wasn't an organizational thing. It was the players on the flyers who said, we want to do a little more. We're going to have for warm up a rainbow Jersey. And he said, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. And so, uh, he didn't take the warm up and then did play the game. John Tortorella head coach was asked afterwards, you know, did you consider after that not playing him? Uh, he said, no, that was never a consideration. You know, that's him being true to himself, uh, all these sorts of things. Um, what do you make of it, man? Because there was a bit of a storm here around what you have the right to do, what your expectation should be of these guys. Uh, what do you think? You have guys who take nights off because they're, it's a Jewish holiday and I'm Jewish and I'm, I'm just going to take the night off, right? It's my faith. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm going to be true to my faith. You talked about Bruce Boudreaux earlier speaking in front of the, you know, mental health banner or whatever the deal was there. Yep. This night was called inclusion. It was all about inclusion. It was about inclusivity and, and inclusivity does not, is not a part-time gig. It's not a, I'm going to opt out of inclusivity. And for you to stand behind your religion as the reason you can't do something 
it's a cop out. It's a cop out and it's so cheap and, and the NHL should be better than that. The play, thing- uh, play Sunday. Like he plays every Sunday or not every Sunday, but if you're going to swear behind this Russian Orthodox church, then you don't get to work on Sunday. So you shouldn't be playing on Sundays. You shouldn't be living with your girlfriend, which he does. This is a, this is a, they're not a la carte. Having, they're not having sex though, are they Matt? Probably not. No, probably not. This is an a la carte version of your religion where you pick and choose when you want to throw it out there as something to stand behind and when you don't. It's disgusting. And, and it's a disgusting religion, in fact, of the, the equality. I'm watching a news thing on the Russian Orthodox Church believing that you should be able to beat your wife. Sure. Yeah, that it, seems like. If a, it's a learning process that, that, that <laughs> these sorts of things and you go. To the moon, Alice. Yeah. Yeah. Bam! To the moon. Yeah. And, and you're, this whole idea that part of the invasion of Ukraine is their, their belief in same sex marriages and, and you're like. It's unbelievable. And if your idea is, I believe in choices, I believe in everybody's choices. And you're like, is it my choice to be a homosexual? That's where his argument fell apart in word three out of his mouth. I respect everyone's choices. Okay. Then you've already decided these people are making blasphemous choices instead of being born. Correct. It, you're, it, you, it falls apart less than a second into your argument. And that's where you lose all that is you are, you have a right to, to freedom of speech, but you don't have a right to blacklist a whole group of people. Right. Right. And and so to me, I just, you hear about it and you hear the whole thing and it's just, it's so wrong. It's so wrong. And I sent you the thing about Tortorella and, and, you know, at the time him saying, you know, anybody who, who takes a knee or raises a fist, they're benched. And you had said, yeah, he recanted that. And then you hear the, the, you know, him come out saying, I've learned from that. And you go, have you? And, and it's funny when he says he's learned from it, he says, I still feel that way. I'm just not able to push that on you. I'm not actually able to bench players for doing it, but he doesn't, he still doesn't believe right. it's okay. Right. So when he says I've learned from it, yeah, I've, I've learned from my employer I'm not allowed to inflict my beliefs upon you. I haven't learned a goddamn thing about, you know, like you said, inclusivity and and these sorts of things. And and inclusion is a full-time thing. Yeah. Period. It is not, I'm just taking, I'm not doing the warm up. And, and if, if your idea of, I just don't have to say I hate homos, if that's your deal, that's not good. That's not, that's, that's nowhere near the tone we're trying to set. Well, and. This is what Torts kept saying after the game is we had a great night. We had a great event. Like, I don't know why everyone wants to focus on because the only thing we're talking about now coming out of it is the one guy who didn't take part. He made himself the center of the story. No. And I said this when Hoff was in here, I'm not even trying to be flippant about it. No one said to Ivan Provorov, you need to go out to center ice and kiss a man. Just put on a fucking shirt and take the warm up is the minimum that's being expected of you. All your teammates are doing it. All your, all it says is to, Hey, if you're paying money tonight to come here and pay my salary, I welcome everyone. And he couldn't do it. He could not put the fucking shirt on and just go, yeah, you're safe here. You're well, uh, that was the point that people and this was as divisive as almost anything oh, of course. I've seen online. I was talking to a couple of our friends there at TSN 1200 who said, we can't even go to the text line right now. It is venomous 
in all directions. Like you, yeah. you can't even yeah. imagine the stuff that's coming in right now. And he was the, the counter argument was he didn't say down with gay people. He didn't say what, yeah, he did though. Right. Like he, yeah. When you won't just put on the shirt and say, everyone's welcome here. You did say that. Well, that's he, exactly what you said. And, and he didn't want to say, he didn't want to say it. No. He just said, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to, I'm going to answer this yeah. and then refuse any further questions. Yeah. And so your, your silence is deafening. Yeah. And so if you think that it's a choice, you think that I'm just going to do this. That's, that's, you're, you're, you're outdated. That's and, it. It, and it's not a cancel culture thing. It's actually just called being human. And you referenced the idea that he has the right to that belief. He has the right to say it, but he also, I have the right to tell him you suck. Well, he also. You, you are not, you're not immune from consequences, right? And so, yeah, if you, if this is the stance that you have, and this is a position that you've taken, I now get, I have the right to an opinion on what kind of person you are and whether I want you to be a part of my organization. Uh, well, we've just seen it with the pandemic. There are a pile of people who've lost jobs because I don't want to take, I don't, I'm not going to get vaccinated. You go, that's your choice. Yep. That's and your choice. And now there are consequences. And there are consequences to every you choice. You have the right to that choice. And now there are consequences. And so like your attendance at an NHL game. Yeah. We can ask you to leave. It's really just your money just allows you in the building, but we can ask you to leave. Mm-hmm. You're working for an organization. These are the values and the beliefs. If you don't want to take our money, you don't want to go with what we have. And fuck the NHL statement. It was just garbage. Yeah. Just yeah. Well, and, 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 and. Players have the choice to take part in what I, and yeah, you do, but you couldn't have muscled up with at least a, we disagree with Ivan Provorov yep. or we. Well, the NHL's laid on everything. Yeah, if they show up at all. Correct. Anything else, man? No, that's about it. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have, I know you guys talked about it, but. No, this is. I feel strongly about it and, and I wanted to touch base on it. Yeah. Well, and this is a story that is going to continue to be a thing here for a while as it should be. And maybe it won't be, you know, around Provorov specifically. I said to Hoff, Tony fucking D'Angelo is skating around in the rainbow warm-up jersey. <laughs> How big of an asshole are you if Tony D'Angelo has the high crown on you? <laughs> that is an excellent point. The, the organization that is that looks to Bobby Clark as his figurehead <laughs> right. and has Tony D'Angelo skating around. People are looking at Tony with his D'Angelo mega hat on going, and his what rainbow a jersey guy. on. <laughs> we'll wind this one down here. Andrew Stoughton will be here on Tuesday morning. Don't forget Vanessa Sanchez on Thursday. And Take a look around on social media at SensChirp or at Talkan Audio for the uh, SensChirp beer unveiling this Friday night. Leafs versus Sens over at Beyond the Pale if you want to check that out. Like I said, hit up those social media links. And uh, yeah, Rob will be back. Look for that next Wednesday morning, a week from Wednesday morning. Uh, but we got lots of good stuff coming for you regardless. Give us a follow on social media at Talkan Audio. Hit us up on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're following. And we will catch you all next time. See ya! That's it. I cannot work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.